0: This is Limitless Spirit, a practical, inspirational, and thought-provoking weekly podcast about the impact of faith and Christian identity in today's world. And now here's your host, champion of Jesus and people who love Him, world traveler and co-founder of World Missions Alliance, Helen Todd.
1: Why does God allow terrible things happen to us? This is perhaps the number one excuse used by the people who are running away from God. But even for those of us who are fully committed to Him, this is a question without a simple answer. A good friend, who is an outstanding Christian and upright man in every way, last year had a terrible accident. He fell off the roof, broke both legs and feet, and a year later had one of his feet amputated because it wouldn't heal. His story sounds like the one of Job. My friend has a very upbeat and positive outlook on his future, yet I know that it didn't come as the first response to what happened to him. The most difficult part about going through a trial or a tragedy or a painful experience is that it is not your choice. But as you go through this journey, there is a choice to make. The evil done to you, the tragedy that happened to you does not define you, but the choice you make in the end does. The guest I have on the podcast today, I met a couple of years ago at the conference where she was a keynote speaker. She shared her story of being a child survivor of the Holocaust. She was among the 1% of the people who survived the concentration camp where she spent four years between age of seven and 11. Her grandmother, other close relatives, and even her best friend were killed in concentration camp. Her best friend actually died in a gas chamber, and this lady survived starvation, cold, abuse. She was forced by the Nazis to wear a yellow star that identified her as a Jew. The star was a stigma, a shame attached to her for just being who she was. It is hard to imagine a more traumatic experience for a child. What made her extremely powerful on stage and in person when I got to know her later was that this raven haired, stylish woman with sparkling eyes not only defied her age of 80 something years old, but her message defied the image of a victim. Her story was not just the account of evil and suffering, it was a story of victory. Inge Auerbracker was the last Jewish child born in Kippenheim, a village in southwestern Germany at the foot of Black Forest, close to the borders of France and Switzerland. Both of her parents came from observant Jewish families who had lived for many generations in Germany. Inge's father was a soldier in the German army during World War I. He was wounded badly and awarded the Iron Cross for the service to his country. He was a textile merchant, and the family owned a large home in Kippenheim. Inge's first traumatic memory is the massive riot against the Jews in Germany and Austria that happened on November 9th and 10th, 1938. She was only three years old, but her memories of Kristallnacht, or Night of Broken Glass, are still very vivid. Her maternal grandparents had come to visit, and her grandfather was arrested in the synagogue while reading the morning prayers. Her father, grandfather, and other Jewish males over the age of 16 were sent to Dachau concentration camp. Every window in their house was broken. They had to hide in their backyard shed to save themselves from the rioting mob. Their beloved synagogue was severely damaged. Miraculously, though, both men were released from Dachau after a few weeks. They had both been treated very badly, and soon her grandfather passed away from a broken heart. He was broken both spiritually and physically and bitterly disappointed in the country that he loved so much. Inga was only allowed to attend a Jewish school that was located a train ride away in Stuttgart. She was forced to wear a yellow Star of David as a six-year-old child. But her school career ended after six months when the family was sent to the Terezin concentration camp. Let's listen to what Inga has to share with us. The wonderful speech that you gave at the United Nations, uh, which, by the way, is so powerful and is such a great reminder of the very dark moment in the history of humanity that we should never forget. But you opened this speech with a very interesting question. You said, who am I? And then you answered, I am the voice of 1.5 million silent girls and boys. This is an incredible statement. But but the main subject of my interview today, Inga, is who is Inga Auer Barker? I see you not merely as a victim of the evil forces and the circumstances that you've experienced as a child, but I see you as a survivor, as an overcomer. I see you truly as a star, which, by the way, is the title of your wonderful book.
0: My first book. I have six now.
1: Yes, yes. You are a prolific writer. So how would you you. answer this question, Inga? Who is Inga Auerbarka?
0: I am Inga. I am the person who is today me. I don't want to just be defined as a survivor. That makes people feel sorry for me. No, I I have become hopefully a productive person. Yes, I will never forget my past, but I am just Inga. That's who I am.
1: This is a wonderful answer and so much in line with what our interview is all about. But when one hears the circumstances that you had to go through as a very young child, I, I'm certain that you have been asked this question many times. Do you ever feel or have you felt in the past anger towards the people who hurt you and your loved ones and, and your people?
0: Well, in the beginning, perhaps I was angry, but I have come to terms with that. I survived. That is the main thing. But if if you go to the question, I will go a little further. Do I forgive the actual killers who did that to my family and friends? I will say the actual killers, I can never forgive. Uh, in the Jewish faith, and I am Jewish, and I will always be Jewish. Yes. It is if you hurt somebody, you the person who hurt that person has to ask three times for forgiveness of that person, and it has to be given. Or if they choose to, and if they show some remorse for what they have done to another person. It's not really for you to give that, I believe. I think it is only God, the higher court, the highest court we have, is to say, I forgive you. I don't uh, condemn everybody. I have wonderful friends in Germany. In fact, I just came back from Germany. I'm talking about the actual killer who put mm-hmm. a bullet into my grandmother's body and killed her, and or put the gas pellets into the chamber, gas chamber. Uh, those people have to uh, be judged
1: Have you ever in your travels encountered someone who was a former Nazi? Well, I've been invited to families who
0: had relatives who were, uh, yes, former Nazi. I mean, look, in Germany, almost everybody loved Hitler, let's face it, the marches, the parades, they loved it. It depends how, uh, in their hearts, That they treated us besides that. For instance, I'm going to give you an example. Uh, The doctor who delivered me was a Christian doctor, and he was very kind to his Jewish patients uh, most of the time. I mean, he gave me the gift of life later on uh, to create a better job whatever and and uh, to improve his situation i guess he 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 belonged already to the nazi party when he delivered me which was uh, the end of 1934 uh he did some terrible things And I had a friend who worked at the Nuremberg trials, the doctor trials, and and she told me, yes, he did. And he was imprisoned for many years. Now, you have choices in life. Everybody in this world has choices. And that's the situation today in Germany right now, where anti-Semitism, Jew hatred and hatred against the new immigrants uh, is very strong, very strong.
1: Inga was seven years old when she came to the concentration camp. Her grandmother and many of her family members died in another camp. Terezin was selected by the Nazis as a transit camp before inmates were deported to killing centers further east, like Auschwitz. It consisted of large brick barracks, underground cells, and broken-down houses. It was sealed off from the outside world by high walls, wooden fences, and barbed wire. Inga's life in Terezin was a nightmare. Death, fear, and hunger were her constant companions. She saw most of her friends sent to the gas chamber in Auschwitz. Of the 15,000 children imprisoned in Terezin, Inga is among the 1% that survived. After three long years liberation came by the Soviet army in May of 1945, Inga was 10 years old at the time, and soon her family came to the United States. But Inga's trials were not over. Tune in to the next episode to hear the rest of her story and the choice she made to turn the yellow star of shame into becoming a real star. Until next time.
0: Thanks for listening to Limitless Spirit with Helen Todd, produced by World Missions Alliance. Are you ready to step out of your comfort zone? Do you have a passion to help people and share your faith across the globe? Visit our website, rfwma.org, and get involved in the Great Commission through short-term missions. We hope you'll leave a review and check out other episodes. We'll be with you in a week on our next
1: episode of Limitless Spirit.